0: something.
1: Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the, this, the very first episode of the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm John Starr. And I'm Josh. And we here we are filmmakers. Oh, that was my line. <laughs> that was I've your line. <laughs> we already Last fucked episode. it. We wrote we wrote a script in there. We're filmmakers. We're fans. And we're first guys. Can you believe this? This is a podcast about movies and TV. And the market what? is what? just right. mm. screaming out for a podcast I, about I've movies never and TV. Heard of this yeah, sort we've. Of I mean, like, before. no Brand one's new. ever done it,
2: right? No, we're like, not even like sitting right next to someone. Who's doing one of
1: those? Uh, yeah, yeah, jokes aside, we're not even the first podcast in this network to <laughs> to to be about movies. But not even what, the first podcast in this room. But okay. we are different.
0: We're special snowflakes. Okay? We're special snowflakes. Yeah, well,
1: what we show. what we lack in originality, we will make up for with our lack of originality. We'll be like <laughs> we'll just like roll every cliche into one, so that like everyone, you know, it's just. You get all your cliches in one podcast. Who needs to listen to the other 394 movie podcasts?
2: Do you know? That, that is smart. That is that mm. is a market. Just take over. What's it called when you... Uh... Monopoly. Monopoly, yeah. The
1: game. That game that causes so many arguments and fights. Good times. Uh, well, anyway, so this podcast is going to be... Well, I'll let Josh start
0: off. Oh, yeah. We're, um, we're looking at movies and television on a wide range of topics spanning you know, criticism, trivia, history, and all that jazz, you know. About Um, how
2: we're uh, pairing up with our experience of ground floor of filmmaking and coming at these talks as both huge fans of movies and television... And as creators ourselves, that's
1: right. There's no topic too big or too small or taboo. We'll be having guests and stuff on later on down the track. And um, our second segment is a work in progress. We're going to have some maybe some creative pitches, things. Tell a bit of story time from because all three of us here have, have done films. I think Josh and Chance are both in film school at the moment. I mean, I, I've
2: almost finished. Almost, yeah, finished. I'm like close. a month away. You're close. Um, You're, you're I, longer than me, though. You've
1: I, got like two, three months. Shut <laughs> up! You're only like one semester behind each yeah. other. I, yeah. I finished filmmaking way back in 2011. Film school. school. Just finished school. Just finished <laughs> Sorry, finished What's film school. <laughs> <laughs> finished film school in back in 2011. I've made the jump to feature filmmaking. Not that anyone watched my feature
2: film. Hey, um, it got into a festival, a, a single festival,
1: <laughs> and had to beg people to come. Oh, uh, it's embarrassing. But, yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to be using the second segment of this. So it's breaking it down into two parts. The first part is like a discussion, a main topic, something cool, something controversial with a clickbaity title. And then the second half will be, you know, because click. It gets people rocking Clique up. Work. It works for
2: cracks, and they it know works it, and they make time. fun of it every oh, time.
1: Yeah. So we'll just, we just as long as we're self-referential, like we're like yeah. cool and hip. We're self-aware of how
2: cliche we are,
1: but Post- we still engage post-modernism, postmodernism and all yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I
2: guess
1: we should go to some, some proper introductions. Um, we kind of already did that a little bit, but so I'm Shane. I've done filmmaking for. I want to say uh, since I was 14, I made like one little short film and it was, we won the Audience Choice Award at the, uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but we won the Audience Choice Award and I got the little envelope. I still have the little envelope that says Audience Choice. With, it was with a movie called Revenge of the Medieval Zombies 3, which is the third movie in a series that, that the other two movies did not exist. Um, and I won that award and I was like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life. And then it's been a lot, a big struggle since you then. Were you in
2: high school in fourteen? Have I seen this film?
1: No, you have not seen that film. Oh, I make point a point of, of never showing anyone this film because it's bad, won, and I'm in it. You won audience
2: choice award, man. That you got to show. But it apparently,
1: now. it was because because I didn't actually go to the festival because I was at another thing. But um, my mum, who I, she, I sent, I sent my mother to the film festival, and she went there. And apparently, like all the other films, were these artsy ones about like killing Jesus, and ours was just this really dumb, like intentionally. <laughs> intentionally, like, Z-grade thing with, like, dodgy effects. so Like, someone, like, jumps over and we do, like, bad cuts and things. It's just zombies attacking kids and then we do the pull-out and it turns out they were just playing a video game the whole time. It's genuinely... Classic
2: switcheroo. <laughs> it's oh, genuinely awful.
1: And what happened... One of our actresses got injured in the middle of it and she... Um, uh, I had replaced her halfway through the movie. And so this is why no one oh, sees it because no, I'm no, in. I it.
2: need to see no, this now. Can you show us? I was okay, it I'll, special I'll, so private I'll, screening.
1: I'll, bring, I'll find it and I'll, I'll bring it up. It's really yeah. dodgy though. It's me when I was like a little overweight. So I'm like double chinned me and everything as well. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite embarrassing. But yes, I since went to film school, I made a bunch of equally awful short films in film school and then. I graduated film school. I tried to make a feature. It went like the Hindenburg. Then I went and made another feature <laughs> and we got we finished that one. We finished that one. So it's a work in progress and, and that leads to now sort of and so I'm making a podcast because that's what you do when you're <laughs> super successful with your filmmaking careers.
2: <laughs> Actually, like most... Most podcasts I listen to about filmmaking are by professional filmmakers. So they are. people with like mm. who've
1: worked with famous people and stuff yeah. like that. We have critics.
2: I, I met
1: Reba McIntyre once. That's my big I'm, no, I'm I'm no, I'm I'm related to Steven Spielberg. Actually, this is this is a true fact. Like my seventh cousin is the, <laughs> is the Barrymore who's been related to my seventh cousin is Drew Barrymore, and her godfather is Steven Spielberg. So I am related to filmmaking royalty. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess I'm just trash, that's several
2: degrees of separation into becoming famous. Good luck.
1: It's, it's enough. It's, 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 it doesn't everyone, like, have a claim to the throne, you know, these days? Like, everyone in Australia has a claim to the throne. Anyway,
2: Chanster, tell us about uh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm Chanster. Hi, guys. Hi, uh, hi. Chanster. Um, yeah, I've been uh, probably... I probably started filmmaking after that, but I was acting before it. I was always into acting beforehand, and that that was like my main focus growing up. And, and so I bonded over
1: because I because I met you in high school, in year yeah. eight, and we just talked about movies nonstop. Oh, yeah. Everyone All else talked time. about everyone had like friends and social lives, Ugh, and we just gross. We were like yeah, ew. We just did movies and TV shows. We got along like Good a times. house on fire. Yes, you know,
2: homeroom. Oh man, that oh man, that is bringing back. Memories, man! It's ten years ago. I mean, since it's more than been, ten years, Jesus.
1: isn't it? No, well, it's ten years next year, and our, our homeroom teacher would call you Shanster. because everyone Chanster has an odd name. We, we will what? acknowledge since that elephant when? in the room. No. C-H-A-R-N-S-T-A-R. It's a very common name. It's a very Googleable name. That too. is true. Like I,
2: if you type that into Google, he will come up. He's if you saw a lot of people uh, calling you Chanster. Yeah, I get that a lot from Americans because they they, they, they yeah. Americans have a hard R. So they can't say charn, they say charn and that's too many noises. So they just go "chan," and mm. yeah, pretty much um, I have a weird name. I guess that's my niche. <laughs> hey, uh, But yeah, no, uh, acting did that for ages and I don't know, I guess I wasn't good enough or not getting enough work. So I was like, go do the whole filmmaking thing because I've always been a fan of film and I'm a huge fan of uh, filmmakers like Peter Jackson, like Sam Raimi who started mm. off – Doing very budget, small budget, things. Budget yeah. yeah. No budget. Yeah, no um, uh, yeah I, I learned from them and I really embraced that low budget mentality. And even today, I still love a lot. I, a hell of the things I'm going to talk about today. Two of them are massive you had You've had some
1: pretty, like, you were on, you were on Pirates of the Caribbean, the latest one. Yeah, you on I, screen like eight times, centre of screen
2: for like two shots. It's <laughs> nuts. Waving at camera
0: is really weird. It took <laughs> me out of the movie.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, man, who's that one pirate <laughs> waving at me? Yeah, I, I decided to just screw up that whole production, I guess, just because I was like, I, no, there was a guy. There, a Man, it was annoying because they, like, we were... We were extras, we were right in front of camera, and they're like, all right, Jeffrey's going to come in and you guys just fuck off. You fuck off out of shot, we don't want to see you. So we were like looking, Jeffrey comes, we're like, oh, fucking off, fucking off. And then he just stops right behind Jeffrey's shoulder. And I was like, because like, we were kind of like pushing back because something we were sc- scary we were looking at. I don't know, I don't remember the day. I saw the it was movie, heavy, I still yeah, probably. Have you about them guts on the ship? Probably. But yeah, so we back up, back up, and then he just stops right behind Jeffrey's shoulder because I'm like pushing him back. I'm like, Oh, we're not we're not okay, I guess we just just hanging out behind Jeffrey Rush's shoulder. So you will see a shot in the movie where these two pirates are just like peeking over, "Ah, that's me. I remember
1: remember we went and we went to watch it and we're like, okay, we're going to look for Johnster and he's going to be like way in the background. And like your first shot, it's like this big buffet dinner table and you're like, the opening of this tracking shot is you. And
2: we're like, oh my God, it's Johnster. And right after camera looked past me, I ended up eating my moustache. It was really great time. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, that's that's me. Okay, Josh, how about you? Oh, look. So I am uh, the youngest of the bunch. Maybe. I, or
0: two, yeah,
2: sure. Six years, you're the huh? baby, you're the, you're yeah. the baby. Yeah, sure. we're, the we're, we're old. Yeah. Oh, no. I said we're mid, old. Wait, no, we're 20s. the majority. Uh, so we're majority. normal. We're the
1: silent
0: majority. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I too started and always loved film when I was really young, made um, shitty films uh, and also acted in them when I was like 12. And like Didn't any Australian. <laughs> Yeah, like any strange <laughs> yeah, did some think- shitty horror movies... I really pushed the boundaries and I put the tomato sauce bottle right in the shot oh my incorporated God. it in the, in the shot. Tomato sauce
1: blood. Has, have all of us used tomato sauce blood? Uh, no, I use raspberry sauce.
0: Oh,
2: really? Does yeah. it look better? Tomato sauce looks You so traitor. traitor. <laughs> ra- ra- the raspberry sauce has that like sticky nature to it, whereas I don't And then think- it doesn't wash off. Yeah, I know. The bathrooms yeah. in the art block oh. got covered in raspberry sauce. Oh, this was for your you mirror one? Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. Oh, you can actually find this movie on YouTube. Chances like a ghost in a mirror. Have I
2: not deleted it yet? No, I don't think you have. And Green Eggs and Ham. No,
1: Green Eggs and Ham, I don't think. Yeah, Green Eggs and Ham, I think, is still on there. Because I'm proud of that. An illegal adaptation of a Dr. Seuss property? Yeah.
2: Uh, Is Dr. Seuss in uh, public domain yet? No, he's
1: not. Damn it. I was was hoping. Most of Agatha Christie is not in in public domain. Yes. Oh, wow. Anyway, Josh. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, And then... My love of film transitioned to me studying film at the same uni that Chancellor was at and then we became fast friends and done films together. I've done a couple of you know, i worked on a bunch of short films, like too many. I you think. worked
2: on every short film. Yeah. You were just like, finger in every pie. Yeah. I, I heard fingering every <laughs> so pie. And I. I'm like,
0: oh no. After I'd said it, I, I was Rooney like... I really oh. every pie.
1: <laughs> For nine minutes long. Nine minute unbroken take. Um, and that's how I met Josh. I met Josh through Chanster on... Yeah. What film was it? it was Probably El Plates. It was El Plates. Plates. It was El Plates. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, but he talked about Josh. He was like,
2: Josh was reading this book that I
1: was reading, and it was
2: like, yeah, like a chance, and I Adams. bonded over Dirk
0: Gently, yeah, Douglas was, Adams in general.
2: When we, when you were like, oh man, do you read the books? And I brought the second book out of yeah. my bag, and, and you were we like, we had the same copy. At the yeah, same, same time. copy as well. Good yeah, times. Good
0: times.
1: Okay, well, that's that's to yeah. get to know us. So if you don't like us, you can bugger off. And if you do like us, you can keep keep listening. Uh, I don't know. They can still listen. all <laughs> learn to love us.
0: We will force we force It's like a
1: Stockholm syndrome. You just <laughs> spend yeah. enough time with us and you will love us. Mm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start every episode with a segment we like to call, What Have You Been Watching? And it does what it says on the tin. We're going to talk about what we've watched over the last last week between podcasts. So... Uh, uh, the
2: last podcast was Never, well, look, so, it was go never back so, so We just we talk about our
1: infinite, everything we've watched our whole lives. So when cool. I was four years oh, old, I
0: watched...
2: <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch the, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the last week. So, Chanster, what have you been watching? Oh, God, I am... Well, uh... I started watching Angie Tribeca, the TV show, series. Good show, oh, right. So good. I can't believe it took me so long to get into it, but I've got into it. It's okay, Okay, guys. You can stop worrying like, about me. Every minute there is a pun on that show. We just, just Every, like, five seconds mm-hmm. there's a pun on that show. There is no breathing room between puns. It is... Amazing! It's like the Naked Gun if it was a TV show again. Uh, it started off as a TV show, <laughs> was obviously. It a cop. Was it uh, it's like Files of the Police, police Squad. Squad. Police, police yeah, Squad. It was it was called wasn't Police that the Squad? Oh, uh, yeah, because Naked or Gun was called Naked Gun. The files of the, the Police Squad. squad yeah. yeah, no, I remember things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, started Angie Tribeca. That's uh, really good. Uh, I rewatched Hairspray for the first time the in about the musical or the John Waters one. Uh, the musical. Um, I haven't watched the John Waters one since I bought it on DVD the last time I watched the musical as well. And I do love the John Waters one, uh, but I really love that musical. The musical is very John Waters. I mean, it's watered down John Waters, but it's still... Watered uh, John Waters. Yes, watered John Waters. Uh, but every time I watch that film, there's like a little joke that I never noticed before. The one that always gets me now is the um, during the Welcome to the 60s number they see, you just, you just see a close-up of a champagne glass flute and a cigarette. And they're like, oh, how glamorous. And then it cuts to the reverse and it's two pregnant women. That is such a John Waters joke. I just love it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the only other thing I watched was, oh, wait, no, I watched Road Trip. Chanel hadn't seen Road Trip. Which one's Road right, oh. Road Trip's uh one Breckenmire. The comedy one? Or yeah, like yeah. yeah. The one that, yeah. and then they
1: did Euro Trip, but they're not related. But no, but... The, I don't think I've seen Road Trip. Ro-
2: it was like this wave of Road Trip style movies that started with Road Trip and I think ended with Euro Trip. I think there were only two.
0: Were they trying um, to emulate Vacation Series? Yeah, almost. that was yeah. pretty
2: much what it was. Yeah. Um, it, it's not bad. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we watched uh, Blade of the Immortal, but I'll let you get into that okay. because... I've already spoken too much. Go, Josh. <laughs> Go, me.
0: Oh. Um, so I watched the Andy Kaufman, like, Jim Carrey doco. Um, nice. The one on Netflix? Yes. Uh, um, very interesting. It kind of delves into why Jim Carrey is the way he is nowadays. And Oh, yeah. oh it actually does. It, it kind of so does. Like, it touches it, on... That movie was, it?
2: like, 15, 16 years ago. Did it take this long no, for wait, it to affect him? No, no, wasn't it no, no, that no. Jim
0: Carrey sat on the footage and didn't want it released until just it, now? Um... It was kind of like, yeah, that was sitting on the footage for a while, but um, it discusses how he's actually been depressed since that movie yeah. and even through Internal Sunshine was what was mind, Like the director came up to him and he's like, you are broken. He's, and he's like, we're filming a year later. Stay broken. I don't want you to be fixed. Oh my and then God. Jim's like uh. talking about it in the interview. And it's just like, like our business is really Is difficult. that
1: why is his depression, why he decided to make Mr. Popper's Penguins? That makes so much yeah, sense it's, now. It's, oh. Yeah, and the number twenty
0: three. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it really goes in detail. Like it, it has, um, Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman in character talking to Andy's family, and like, oh my god, geez. and and it also goes through him with like the wrestler aspect of it, like Jerry Lawler, and like how he's like actually antagonizing him on set in character, like oh. he never broke, and he would be either like Jim he, Carrey never broke, no, he would never be Jim, he would either be Andy or Tony Clifton, and that's it. Oh and like, there will be separate entities. I still and haven't like, actually seen Men on the Moon. Oh, I'll be honest. how the hell have you
2: not, man? I've been telling I, you it's on
0: that, the since, list since like to watch. Year I feel like 10 is, it, is, is it is it like
1: a that. happy movie? It's not a happy movie. No. Is it? Uh, do you no. know the story of Andy Kaufman? Vaguely, I, I had it explained so I like, I find I need to be in a certain mood to watch movies because depressing ones, like you need to like, or you need to follow it up with like a comedy or something. I, yeah,
0: I don't yeah. know which one I recommend watching first because like I feel like they're both so fascinating, but. Yeah, the docker like really, uh, really dived into like Jim Carrey's psyche, like psyche, like it's insane. Um, and the other series I watched was The Punisher. Oh, ah, yeah, the, like, the, the Punisher. The um, Punisher. I've heard pretty good things about it. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I quit watching halfway through Daredevil season two, which is yeah. probably not a good thing to admit. But <laughs> um, I feel no, like- we
2: all saw Daredevil season two. You're you're. You survived. Everyone
1: raved about it, and I'm sitting oh there. I'm God. like, you know, it's that scene in Zoolander. was like I feel like I'm on crazy pills here. It's the same look,
0: you know. But no, no, sorry. How, how is it? Uh well, it's the most detached series um, from any Marvel property. There's no mention of the incident I oh The about of New York I'm and there. like the biggest thing, the aliens. Um, there's no mention really of any of the other characters besides, oh, um, not even Daredevil. Like he talks. Wait, to Daredevil
2: Karen. isn't. I mean, because uh, Karen Page, I know Karen, English, he talks so. to Karen Page.
0: They don't, not even mention Daredevil. Or
2: but does it work it.
1: like if Karen, pa- like if Daredevil didn't exist, the story would still make sense
0: with Karen Page rocking up in his story? Kind of, it would be like kind of like we introduced in the middle of a story instead uh, of being like we know Dini the backstory. Yeah, it's like we, you know, that thing where we are like introduced to a situation instead of like the backstory. Like it's it's kind of like that. Um, yes, and the action, like the man... like. It's good, um, yeah, okay. I, I I enjoyed it. I don't know about you because you had some thoughts about the <laughs> characterization of the Punisher in I Daredevil. Think I I found in Daredevil, I found I just got really
1: livid with the fact that he's meant to be this silent stoic, and they did a relatively good job during his first introduction. And then there's this episode, and it's I think it's the episode I fourth. quit on third or fourth, mm. and he sits down and has this never-ending monologue. I'm like, this is a guy who's supposed to be... Traumat- Traumatised people do not monologue in, like, really articulated, albeit really trite things about the horrors of war and how it affects a man and this, like, phone... Like, this fashionable nihilism that's
2: going around Holy at the moment. shit. He should have done it like Rambo. You've seen First yeah. Blood? You do. No, yes. I have not yet. Oh, That's, that's, no, the, dude. that's, that's, dude. that's,
1: that's the way 80, to... My 80s...
2: Uh, that's a way to do it. Yeah, because
0: like being antagonized, uh, like he's he's left in New York, he's in some remote town, and he's being antagonized by a cop. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. holy shit! They like right. should have gone full Rambo with that because yeah, uh, the end of First Blood is a very because it blew my mind when I first saw it because I always had this picture in my head of what Rambo is, and it was like, oh, that's what Rambo is. Okay, and then I saw First Blood. And it is it is like a hard-hitting drama. It is? Yeah, at the mm. end, I was like... It's on Netflix at the moment, isn't it? I need to watch it. No idea. Do it. It okay. is... It is I can just it's on you. the list. I and can then, let you borrow it because I have all of them. Yeah, I've, I've got all of them. Oh, I don't have the fourth one. The new one, the one that everyone... Yeah. Didn't everyone hate that one? No, part? I thought everyone liked the fourth one. No,
0: they didn't like three.
2: Yeah, three my, my, is terrible because mm. three... Four, as I understand, goes full-blown crazy, whereas three doesn't go crazy enough. Because, mm. like, the first one is a legitimately amazing movie, and the second one's like, like why is this? Own, why, why did you make a sequel? My and only the third reference. one's like, how does this keep going? And then the fourth one, you're like, okay, they're just leaning straight into this. Okay, cool. My only reference for Rambo is Hot Shots Part Deux. Have you uh, seen that? That is Rambo 2. Is that's that's, what that's they're doing? not that's not first blood. Yeah. But
1: like it's, that's my only reference to Rambo as tonally, a character is a tonally, parody of it starring actually, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, And no, it's a same. bit where they they count the body count like <laughs> on screen. <laughs> All
0: right, I think this is an easy analogy to suck. Um Rambo, like First Blood is basically alien to aliens. Oh yeah, or oh, yeah. okay. Terminator, Terminator Two. It's like yeah, oh, not wow. very. Where okay. it's like almost completely, like flips on its head.
2: I shall, it's completely different genre. I shall move oh. it to the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Have we directed it? Uh, ah. What have you been watching, Shane? What have
0: I been watching?
1: I have been watching quite a bit actually. I was like keeping a log of it, and I'm like, oh damn, I, I watch quite a lot. Um, as far as TV show goes, I just finished season three of Will and Grace. Uh, I never watched that show all the way through. I would like ha- like single episodes here and there, and then the new series came out. And I'm like, oh, I should probably. Watch it all the way through. I'm sitting watching it. It holds up like a, like some references are just like go nowhere because it's some pop culture thing that died in the '90s. But the jokes and the punchlines are really solid, especially for like the really. It's I mean it's the most stereotypical sitcom, people enter in the doors, the doors slamming, punchline this, like like the formula's very there, but the execution of it is just really good. And the characters are sort of you 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 don't necessarily want to see them grow. You just want to see them do the same kind of jokes over and over again. But I'm really mm. liking that. Um I finished off the Mindy project, finally finished hey, the final hey. season, and it was mixed. Like I haven't I don't think the show's been punching at what it should have been punching for like the last three seasons, because ever since it moved to Hulu they just, they the plotting with her romantic entanglements became a centrepiece of the show as opposed to a side plot right, of the show okay. and it just is really inconsistent. But the punchline's there, the characters are there and they wrapped it up nice enough so I'm like, I'm glad I stuck with it but it, it wasn't, it's one of those shows that hit its peak and then kept going. So um, Are
2: there any shows uh, that like hit that peak and then finish?
1: Uh, yes, The Good Wife. Ah, the Good Wife is in in my mind one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, still need to watch it,
0: but it's on stand ride. yes, it's on
1: it's on Netflix too, oh, all, all seven seasons. And then the, the spin-off series is just as good. And like you'd never think a spin-off series would be good, but it, it works. Um but yeah, so I've been watching uh, there's also this show called Great News from one of the producers of 30 Rock. And it's just basically mm-hmm. that same kind of like office place comedy, but oh, right. like a, a cable news thing, and it's got the guy uh you know in fired up. And he's the,
2: he's one of the, ju- he's one of the judges. I on just want to say that hardly anyone knows fired oh, up fired and up it's it's, it's going to be like, you say that and we're, we're, us two, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, fired yeah, up, fired tell up. us more.
1: It's Everyone like, listening will be like, What well, the fuck? That might key into off. our topic of this movie. But hey. you no, know, he, plays, he plays like the, the head of the news. It's got Nicole Richie, and she can actually do a good job. Okay. Like, <laughs> and, and if anyone who doesn't know who Nicole Richie is, she was like Paris Hilton's best friend on that really trashy reality show they did. And yet, she's actually really funny in this. And it's just basically like a workplace comedy about people running a cable news. And it's funny as hell. It's that same absurdist 30 rock style, because one of the, the, the showrunners, she's. She was. She worked on Thirty Rock, like exclusively and Tina Fey rocks up as a character in uh, oh, the sure. great news. It's really yep. good. It's a really funny show. The first couple of episodes are rough, but when it hits its groove, it really hits its groove, and just it's funny. It's a really consistently good show. Um, and I've been watching Dinner for Five. Has, does anyone know? Either of you know that show? Oh my god! No. It's a non-fiction show. John Favreau. Um, the director of, for anyone who doesn't know, director Elf. of Iron Man and Iron <laughs> Man oh, 2 yeah. <laughs> and Elf and um, uh, The Jungle Book and... He, it was just a show he did in the 90s, ran for four seasons, and it's just, he goes to like various restaurants around LA and occasionally New York, and he invites five other people, mostly filmmakers or actors, but occasionally like a musician Wait, or a stand up comedian. I think
0: I saw one. A lot of them are on YouTube? Yeah, it was like one with Stanley yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And he just gets them down, they eat dinner, and they talk, and they t- sometimes talk shop, but they've got like the cameras to film them from at a distance. And so the ca- conversation's super casual, and it's really fascinating. I just watched an episode with Peter Bogdanovich, the director, and he's on, and he was talking about. Because Peter Bogdanovich, like, lived with Orson Welles briefly for a bit, and he talked to Alfred Hitchcock, and he does like a, a spot-on impression of both of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts, but that's a really cool show, and I'm sort of on season two at
0: the moment. It's really, really fun. But um, where,
2: where, where did you find that? Is that on a lot of it's on YouTube? Like, yeah. okay, so cool. it's like, so
1: um, They have DVDs and stuff as well, but so it's basically
0: like early directors roundtable, like, yeah, it's yeah. these roundtables, but it's mm. so
1: much less badly ru- like the, the, the <laughs> staged. Yeah, yeah, staged, yeah. 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 And, and the moderator is John Favreau, who's just there chumming it up with them, so it's really yeah. good. As far as movies go, I saw Blade of the Immortal with Chancellor, Wait. which is Takashi Miike's 100th movie. Just as violent Jeez. as anything Takashi Miike. I know, he's done 100 movies. That's okay. the one thing I thought, like the movie was a bit hit and miss, but I watched it, I'm like, this doesn't feel like this is someone who's done 100 movies. It's like, it's just really, I mean, it, it should be more assured if you've done 100 movies, but more, yeah. normally people start like really making shit after 50 <laughs> if they get that far. And no, Takashi is still punching it really well i just thought it was like it was it's like two and a half hours long and it did not need to be that long well
2: yeah i, th- I think we both had the same because like there were like moments in it and i'm like man is this like based on an anime or something and then this is one moment right before the end of the second act where they introduce a whole bunch of new p- characters who are so, probably going to be villains and i'm like okay no it's got to be an anime what, this has so, to be so an anime. run me
0: through like the quick synopsis oh
1: like, it's what, a guy it? so, so it's blade so it's an immortal swordsman he's he, he, this girl that he was protecting dies and is killed and so then this weird witch woman... It was his sister. It was his sister? Yeah. No, no, no. It was like the wife of a guy he
2: murdered. It's a little confusing. Oh, I totally thought it was his sister and he no, happened to kill her. No, she just refers oh, to him right, as big brother. What, but anyway, this weird witch woman gotcha. comes and
1: gives him these blood worms that keep him immortal and then this other girl whose family is all murdered by this big clan of, like, martial artists... Uh, She hires him to be her bodyguard and to kill all of them for her, and so he's like, he's got to take a thousand souls, and he can't die, and so there's just these just endless sword fights. It's all sword fights. Wait, did they they say he had to take a thousand souls? But they kept saying that, like in the promo, promotion. Oh, okay. Because I I was going to say something lost in translation. I'm pretty
2: sure he took like two, three, four thousand souls. Kind of very vaguely sound like the crow. Like, can't
1: die, kind, it's kind right of. Kind of. of yeah. It's just a very, very Takashi Miike does the crow kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, watched, I watched Murder on the Orient Express, and I oh, I want pin- to see that. I have opinions <laughs> about it. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> negative I feel like sixty percent of the movie <laughs> okay. is. Amazing is really good. I'm a huge fan of the book and the original movie, so I was going in not looking for because I know we won't spoil it here, but I know the twist to it, and yeah. so I wasn't looking at it going, Oh, what? what, what? I'm not invested in the mystery at all because I know exactly how it pans out. And apparently, like Athakatha Christie's estate has like a rule, they're not allowed to change the mechanics of the case now. Oh, cool. Since she died, like, if you're adapting it, you have to go buy the book, which worked really well for, and then there were none. Because that's been adapted really badly, and then they did a mini series. The BBC did a mini series with like all of the Game of Thrones actors, and it's brilliant. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but *Murder on the air Express* was was really good. And like sixty percent of it was really good, and then about forty percent of it was just like visually, from a visual standpoint, it was like they were making really bizarre choices. And the one thing that bugged me, and it's to do with the ending, but it's not the main case, is like. It's Murder on the Orient Express. It's a big stuffy costume drama directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Kenneth Branagh and a bunch of British actors and Judi Dench and all that kind of stuff. And so you wouldn't expect to be inundated with this whole cinematic universe thing that's going around. But after the whole case is done... And he's walking away. They actually managed to hit this really good emotional moment with Poirot, which I thought was better than the book. And he's there and he's walking away and you think, oh, they're going to crane up and it'll be the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But no, a cop runs up to him and says, are you Hercule Poirot? And I'm like, oh, God, don't, don't. He says, they need you in Egypt. There's been a murder <laughs> right on the bloody Nile. And I just, I threw my head in my hands. I'm it, cause it's, it, They're setting up... Death on the Nile which yeah. is the other really iconic which has been fully announced it's, it's been yeah. filmed as well yeah. but it doesn't even like the like the actual chronological order of Poirot stories it does not follow Murder on the Orient Express it's just a really well known one that's got adapted. so they're doing it and I was like, can't I just watch one movie where they're not making an ad for the sequel in nah, it? Man. For God's sake, gotta get in no. on that
2: Agatha Christoverse. It's gonna be uh, great. It'll be like uh, you did, know
1: what did, they'll, did do, you and and up, and they'll do. The, they'll do the Avengers, but it'll be yeah. like it'll be like a stuffy Belgian <laughs> detective with a stuffy old woman playing uh, Miss Marple, and they'll be like, <laughs> it's just like the action movie with no action. Yeah,
2: you, you didn't stay around till after the credits, where Sam Samuel L. Jackson rocks up and he's like, we're, we're gonna talk about we're looking to
1: Agatha Christie.
0: Initiative, (laughs) the Agus Christie initiative.
2: (laughs) Oh
1: God, no! I yeah, that annoyed me about it. But there was a lot of it that was really good. It's definitely worth seeing just visually. There's a lot of really cool decisions made.
2: Tell me though. I mean, I said that as a joke, but would you have found that less annoying if it wasn't like the end of the movie, but instead after the credits?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Yes that because that
2: that's cause, for nerds who are sticking uh, around the oh, who's there's sticking got to be around. something after the credits. And even if oh, I stuck around for credits
1: even if i stuck around for the credits i'd be like okay they ended that story they left me sitting in that because it just like it hits a really good emotional moment and i was sitting in that and the music was good and the camera was really cool and then they just break it they right break, at yeah. the end for yeah. the, the ad that's what killed it for me it's not that necessarily that they had it i get it everyone we need franchises and that's the new thing but like, I mean, you can't even go into a comedy these days without there being, you know, bad. Like, like literally this year, there's bad mums too, Daddy's They're home too, too like can't we what happened to the standalone hit movie you need that movie?
2: parent cinematic universe you got mums you got dads they're yeah. home they're bad they're all <laughs> together well it's so that
1: the parents can go to the cinemas they send the kids off to the Marvel ones and then they go and see their
0: ones and they can go at the yeah. same time well it's similar to television they can't do standalone scenes anymore like like I heard like a tweet recently it's like true detective should have been one standalone thing true detective yeah. should have been none in my opinion <laughs> but that, <laughs> oh, that's I, I, have very, I have a episode. very hot take on that show if, no mm-hmm. they did
1: it. There's a, there's a show they doing it it's not as popular now Mm. but there was a show called the sinner eight episodes oh done they just dropped it on netflix it's phenomenal it's really really good and it's a one and done hopefully i don't know if it was a big like it's sometimes if it's not a big enough hit they pretend like they were planning to be one and done the whole time and then if it's like um was that wayward pines they're like oh no second season yes Like apparently, Stranger Things was meant to only be one. Well, I, I was also, also going to mention as
0: much. as I kind of enjoyed season two of Stranger yeah. Things. I feel like it could have been just one season. It one, been one season, one was
1: and they planned it that way because mm.
0: it was a weird show with like psychic powers and stuff. They had no idea
1: they were going to get yeah. a second season. And then when it was such a huge cultural phenomenon, they did, I think they did a really good job with a show that wrapped up to extend it because all those characters didn't have to reset and do the same thing. They yeah. developed them. Some weren't in... I don't think, like, uh, what's his name? The, the kid with the teeth and the hat. Dustin. 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 I don't yeah. think Dustin's art for most of it was very enjoyable, but they did as much of a job as, like, I couldn't... I, I can't say I, if I had got given season two of Stranger Things, I could have written it better, but, mm. you know. Uh, but, yes, no, that, that was all the movies I see. I'd like to have seen more, but... I Don't we all time. like to see you this I more. know. I try like. and see, like, four movies a week is my goal. Last year I did three movies a week and I stuck to it. And this year I'm on four movies a week and I'm not hitting it. I'm, like, three. I'm you know at it's the end of the year, three, right? Nearly, just about. Yeah, and so, No, no, but I just up, need dude. one day where I do, like, Failed. nine. And then I'm good. <laughs> and I've done that before. I did that last year and did, like, nine movies in the one day. Um, yeah. Okay, so... I think we should go to our main discussion. So main in, event. Woo. In 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 the spirit of this being a podcast you've never heard of, and us being hosts you've never heard of, we're going to talk about the best movies you've never heard of, because um, nothing gets in an audience like things they don't know. <laughs> um, but so we're, we're gonna, you know, cause we're we're going against the grain. Everyone wants the IP. Everyone wants the the known properties. We're doing the opposite of that.
0: Um, the star but, system. The what? The star system. The yes. star system. <laughs>
1: yes, we, we've got a celebrity on. We
2: have. We have. Uh,
0: Chancellor Anderson from Pirates of the Caribbean. Chancellor Anderson, from Pirates of yeah. the Caribbean. Yes, there we go.
2: Yes. Uh, I was that one guy over Jeffrey Rush's shoulder. Hey. Hey, but you've met you've met Paul
1: Giamatti though too. That's true. I you, mean, that you, was, was exciting. I thought you were standing in for him, but you weren't. You were standing no, for someone no. else. No, no. I was standing on, um, in for
2: the Russian guy who, in the final film, was definitely dubbed over and not Russian. Um, <laughs> what, oh, this is for uh, the uh, Earthquake Andreas. San Andreas. Movie. San Andreas. Yeah. Andreas. Uh, and yeah, no, Paul Giamatti, that that was like, everyone was so excited about, oh my God, The Rock, The Rock. And they were like, oh, you know, Paul's just waiting over there. And I was like, oh, cool. And I went over there, and that. I'm like, oh, Paul is in Paul Giamatti. This is amazing. Best day ever. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh he's, I'd take Paul Giamatti over The Rock any day. Yeah, same. No um, offense,
2: Rock, if you're listening, you're lovely too. <laughs> um,
1: yes, but so we're going to be talking about some movies because there's every now and then, in this, especially in this world of, of being inundated with a million movies at once, some movies slip the cracks. And I always find I'm like, I'm like guy who, when I meet people, I'm like, you need to see this movie, and I just try and force it on them. I've like forced like half of the movies on my <laughs> list today. I have forced on you, Chance. I like, I give you the and I will like pester you and I think We've all it. forced movies on each other. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: we have. <laughs> yeah, and we we yeah we we we're all pretty good at it. But this first, so i I'll, I'll talk about my first one, which is a. Movie called Get Over It, a 2000s teen comedy. And this one I made, I made Chance to watch once, and then I was like quoting it. And then Chance had no idea what he was doing, so I forced him to watch it a second time with us because I was not happy with the fact that he didn't remember the movie. Because <laughs> I think, I genuinely think, and this is, this is a very bold statement, but I think it's the best teen comedy. Ever made and no one knows about it. And I say this Breakfast Club is not a teen comedy to I me. Mean, Breakfast Club is a John Hughes movie. John Hughes is a genre. Yeah, that's I yeah. yeah. um, So as far as teen totally. comedies go, Mean Girls? I, I like Get Over It More, but get okay. Mean Girls and stuff, it's it, in that same vibe because it's a very. Uh, quotable movie. Yeah. Um, they, it, Even it, if it, I
2: didn't remember the quotes. I yes. will admit it is very quotable when I'm it's watching it. Quotable, like, it's very oh. quotable. It's just
1: the cast, it has that kind of that mean girls or that fired up kind of tone where it's just Pro- these one-liners that just really play. But I'll I'll read out the synopsis as it appears on the back of the DVD. Um, it's, uh, and I'll tell you about the cast later, but so it's uh, against the, uh, sorry, uh, after Burke gets dro- dumped by the hottest girl in school, Alison, he'll do anything to get her back. Against the advice of his buddies, uh, Burke desperately follows Allison into the high school play. But when he's inept on stage, Burke gets bailed out by his best friend's little sister, who just might be the one to help him get over Allison. Now, that synopsis is absolutely terrible at explaining the tone of this movie because it sounds like a really generic high school thing. And they've, like, the poster for it and everything is, like, just bad and generic and stuff like that but it's actually really really funny so it, it's the, the problem with it is is that it's starring Kirsten Dunst so they're like oh, I'll talk about the cast for a bit because the people in this movie it's nuts so it stars Kirsten Dunst, Ben Foster, Colin oh. Hanks so the son of Tom Hanks, yep. it's got Mila Kunis, Zoe Saldana Cisco. I keep forgetting Zoe Saldana's in that. Holy crap. She's, she's, such, she's like the black best friend. It's really like, bad. I keep but,
0: about Zoe Saldana. <laughs> um, it's she troubling. exists. Oh, my she God. Exists.
1: Um, and Martin Shaw and Shane West. And so these cars, all these people are like super famous now. Uh, Shane West, maybe not so much. Uh, he he <laughs> peaked in the 90s. But um, it, 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 it's insane. But I think what happened was it came out the exact same year as Bring It On, also starring Kirsten Dunst. And so that one really overshadowed it. Um, but I, I came across the movie by total happenstance. There was like a sale on at a video store near where we lived, and it like the video, the actual VHS. This is for anyone who remembers what VHS. What's is a video
2: are. store? What's a VHS? <laughs> no, it Fucking had like babies. Am I right? <laughs> hey
0: man, uh, uh, were you alive
1: I, when we had VHS? Yes. You were? Yes. Like you I, were at the very end of it, though. Yeah, i re yeah. videotapes, guys. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, the video case for it was like this really tacky green thing and it had Kirsten Dunst on the front and my sister who loves... Uh, shout out to my sister if she's listening. Um, she it has Kirsten Dunst, and my sister loved bringing it onto pieces so we just bought it because it was like $2. It was when videos were kind of going down. We watched it. Blew our minds. We laughed, laughed, and I watch it. It's infinitely rewatchable. I think that's like sort of a very famous podcast. People we listen to, they said so the definition of a classic is one you can just rewatch over and over and over and over and over again, and get over it. Never gets old. Uh-huh. Still yeah. laughing just as hard every time. Um, but it's like styled in this like really over the top, absurdist, thirty rock Arrested Development kind of style, which was really ahead of its time because it was in the nineties when everything was like American Pie, and it was really trying to cash in on that American Pie thing. But it, stylistically, it was so yep. over the top, and I'm yep. like, I, I. The director did such a good job, and it's such a shame he's done like nothing since. He did one movie, this crime drama, and he did one thing for Netflix called "The Most Hated Woman in America," which I haven't seen. Oh. It's, but right. so like, I've
2: seen it on Netflix. On Netflix, I just yeah. Watched
1: it. But then stylistically, nothing like this. So I kind of don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really, really, really funny. So it's called Get Over It and Martin Short's in it and he he makes the movie. Most he plays, of the quotable lines are he's, So he's playing the director of this play and it's like a musical adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's called A Midsummer Night's Rockin' Eve and he's just the <laughs> wankiest director and he just has these lines, it's like one bit. Where he's there's been an accident on set and the, and the girl's like she's icing her um, privates and he's like and keep icing your front bum I need you swelling <laughs> continues when you don't ice uh, it's it's there's just these infinite number of lines are really credible. I cannot recommend enough and you haven't seen it Josh so that you need to add that to the top of your list because sure. it is fucking hilarious. Uh, you, so. you didn't
0: force it on me. Like no, but I, I will. I
1: have three copies of it on DVD. Whoa. I bought one from America because there's one from America with commentary and, <laughs> and Martin Short yeah. outtakes because he just riffs. Most of his lines are improvised and they're so good. And so there's just a reel of his mm. improvised takes that weren't used. It's funny as hell. So, yeah. So what's your first pick?
0: Oh, okay. We're going to me. My first pick is Mr. Wright. Um, Fantastic It's a 2015 film uh, It's like a little romantic Action comedy Starring Sam Rockwell And Anna Kendrick So true Anna book.
1: Kendrick In one of her better roles I don't yes. like
0: I, I love and hate her Because there's some movies
1: Where I'm just like I don't get why you're here And then She's really good in this one. She's
0: oh, really good. Oh, absolutely. They for well, Sam Rockwell's always good. So No, Sam like, Rockwell's is infinitely Rockwell. good in everything. Um, so yeah, this little film was written by Max Landis, who's a very <laughs> a good, very controversial <laughs> figure. figure to say the least. Um, but no, it's it's a very uh really fun film. Uh it's uh, it's very uh, streamlined, simple. It does it gets back to like kind of the basics of like romantic comedies. It's like has none of the puff, what's the, like, what's the fluffy, plot? So basically, it follows um, this uh, girl by an name called Martha, who meets this this gentleman called Mister Wright. We don't know his name until it reveals in the film, but yeah, Francis. Um, Whoa, spoilers, spoilers, man!
2: Oh god, damn! That, I can't it it watch this movie now. His name Francis. It. You've already really seen know. it. <laughs>
0: Shut yeah. up! <laughs> <laughs> it's Francis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it follows uh, Martha after a kind of a breakup and how she meets this Mister um, Wright, as you will, um, who turns out to be an assassin. Very um, cool. A dancing assassin. A dancing assassin. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, this film is kind of. It's it's very interesting it's very poppy and colorful very very fun like i said before it, like streamlines the romantic comedy aspect there's no like fluffy bullshit it's like just get straight to the point
2: it really uh, does like get straight into it yeah, as well yeah like um, i love that like, she, it, she like, plays
0: actually like a damaged character yeah even which is funny information people all it's like we don't want to see her too damaged we don't want to see damage. <laughs> so it's like you no know, She's like, like, oh, Amy Schumer is like a train wreck? No, this girl's
2: actually a fucking train wreck. Uh, I think it was Max Landis who said that in the that executives that, yeah. of the produ- of the film were like, you know what, people don't want to see a woman who's a train wreck. And the biggest hit of that year yeah, was, was train Amy wreck. Schumer's train wreck. train
1: wreck. They say it's a big hit, though. The box office numbers on train wreck aren't great.
0: Yeah, I don't really. and know. And in this percent. film is much more of an actual fucking Yeah, thing. she's yeah. like a legitimate... She train wreck.
2: is fucked.
0: Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's very fun and eccentric. Um, directed by a Spanish filmmaker called Paco. I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong. Just
2: pronounce it incorrectly. Do it. Cabezas. old Cabezas. Cabezas. Cabezas, no, Cabezas
0: um, who hasn't done much, but he's kind of fit into the Max Landers universe. He's done a bit of Dirk Gently now. Oh, nice. he has? Um, so, yeah. And also stars Michael Eklund, who plays one of the rowdy free from Dirk Gently. Yes. Without <laughs> his gray hair, but kind of has the same style. Um, and the villain. Oh, the villain. Well, Tim I can't, Ruff. I don't want to spoil oh, it. Is it, is it a
2: spoiler to say who plays it? it? Oh, he, it's one of the first things you see in the movie is yeah. his character. It's okay, okay, it's,
0: okay. It's Tim Roth. It's yeah, oh, good, Tim good, old, Roth. good old Tim Roth. Um doing different accents throughout the entire film. So many. And he switches, like, instantly, and it's, yeah. so, it's so fun. Not in the Benedict Cumberbatch way, or the Michael Fassbender way, kind of, in a good way. Yeah. Um,
2: it's, it's a planned way, We <laughs>
0: yeah. think. Not in the Amy Adams in American Hustle, <laughs> where
1: she was meant to be British the whole movie, and then I didn't realise that until they were like, you're not British? When she drops the accent, I'm like, how are you not hearing her drop her accent all the way through this thing?
0: Bradley Cooper's an idiot now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it sort of it fits into the mold of the Max Landis universe, kind of, because it kind of has parallels to American Ultra, another film that no one saw, and and Dirk Gently. So Max Landis kind of building this universe around it, but it
2: very much stands on its own. It's the Max Landis universe. Get it on it, people. Yeah, it's
0: the Landisverse.
2: It's another cinematic universe. Oh, he actually calls it that. Yeah, he calls oh, it. The I was Landis making verse. fun of it.
0: Oh. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, I recommend it because if you don't want um, stupid, fluffy, romantic, and you want some little bit of action, uh, made, it was made very cheaply as well. I think Landis himself it's like talked on 12 about twelve to fifteen. Was yeah, that, like yeah to he 15 was strongly, um, But I think the main reason it didn't get any attention was because the marketing campaign was kind of trashy
2: and it screwed it over. It definitely was only released on DVD in Australia, right? Yeah, it
0: was not like. It kind of got a very limited fresh I mean, run. that's like
1: every movie ever. It yeah, only gets released in DVD on Australia, or it gets released two years after the yeah. fact.
0: Or if they make a deal with Netflix or Stan. Like a, yeah. Yeah. I prefer that, though, because then it comes and we can watch yeah, it. Then at least we get to Except see it. Except no special
2: features. Yeah, that's true. That's, no that's special true. features. Uh, all
0: right. Yes. Um. Chancellor?
2: My turn. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, hey, just because we were talking about him, my first film uh, I'm going to talk about is. 2002's Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, uh, oh. also starring Sam we Rockwell. You forced
1: this one onto me. That
2: I did, mm. and you're very welcome.
1: You
0: we were watching it, and you fell asleep.
2: Okay, I'd already seen it like a billion times at that point, so I
0: haven't. It's the cinematographer. That
2: is weird. Oh, it is so bizarre, yeah. and. and so, so uh, Confession of the Dangerous Mind uh, stars Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore and George Clooney directed by George Clooney. This was his directorial debut and some of the choices he made visually are just bizarre. But
1: They're so good. There's this montage in the middle of it where Sam Rockwell's yes. like showing people, he's like a tour guide or something like yeah. that. Yeah. he's showing people and they do like a time lapse in like a single take and it's so it's good. It's so good.
2: It's so amazing. Uh, There are just so many little creative things and the performances are all great. So what's it about? Um, So it is about, it's based on the uh, memoirs of Chuck Barris, who uh, was the guy who, uh, back in the day, he created all those like lame classic game shows, like like the dating dating game, game, the newlywed game, the something else game probably, I don't know. And as it turns out, Chuck Barris during that time was actually an assassin and he was using these shows as a front to perform assassins, but also Yeah, sorry, assassinations, but also using the Not money show by from <laughs> using the money from assassinations to make these TV shows, because it was always his dream to work it's, in TV. It's one of those stories that just seems like, there's no way it could be true, but it is. Yeah, it's based on a true story. Uh, it's got interviews with characters who are in the film uh, and it's got interviews with the actual people and they're talking about the sort of things they saw with Chuck Barris and they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, he was always kind of distant. and Yeah, this sort of weird thing like, happened. He, was, he was a
0: massive prick.
2: Um, it was, the way I found this movie and it was, it was weird. I, I find movies in weird ways. This one here was specifically a screen test on YouTube my little sister found because my little sister (laughs) has a massive crush on Sam Rockwell because why wouldn't you? Um, Going on Mr. Wright. when I first heard the story of Mr. Wright, an Assassin Who Dances, I'm like, man, if that doesn't star Sam Rockwell, they fucked up. Yeah, of course it stars Sam Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Um, And yeah, so she found this video of Sam Rockwell just dancing and being fucking weird with George Clooney and we were like, what is this movie? So I went out and I found it at the DVD store and we watched it and it just, oh, man, it was a ride. I, I, I can't, I don't want to explain too much because where the story goes is really interesting and, like, all the turns it takes. It's just good movie. It
1: breaks those moulds when, you know, when an actor becomes a director and their movie is just, like, visually really bland because they have no idea where to put the camera and George Clooney, like, knew where to put the camera. Yeah. I loved that about <laughs> it so much. He's done so much great work. I haven't seen Suburbicon, though. I heard it was shit.
2: Yeah, I heard bad things about Suburbicon. It was so depressing. I, love, and I didn't yeah, have money, so I, I didn't go I love Good Night anyway.
1: and Good Luck. And what's the other one he did? Um, Leatherheads? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. oh, what is it? He won another Oscar for it or something.
2: Oh, um, 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 I'm oh, making it sound Ides like a am thinking. The one oh, with yeah. Ryan
1: Gosling in it. I thought that one was oh, really yes, good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, so, okay, so my second pick is a movie called, a little-known movie called Hamlet 2. Uh, it's not a sequel, um, it's, have you seen, uh, our producer here, Zane, we might give a thanks to yeah. Zane here. Oh, thanks, it. thanks to Zane. Thanks. <laughs> He's nodding his head there. Um, it's, it's a really, I love this movie and no one's ever heard of it. So I'll read I'll read the synopsis out. So it's, uh, one high school drama teacher is about to make a huge number two
2: Heyo. in this
1: wildly irreverent and completely outrageous movie. When his school's theatre department is threatened to be cut, failed actor-turned-high-school-drama-teacher Dana Marsh writes a play that he hopes will solve everything, a sequel to Shakespeare's Hamlet. Now staging one of the most politically incorrect musical theatre extravaganzas ever seen, Dana and his class will put it all on the line for one controversial, conflicted night of hilarity. Um, it, this movie stars Co- Steve Coogan is in the lead, so you can kind of imagine uh, the kind of movie it is. It actually, like the synopsis, sounds a little bit more silly and light-hearted. It's actually quite a risque comedy, and I think that's what turned a lot of people off. Um, but the story behind the movie is actually really fascinating. They played a rough cut of it to Sundance, and it started a bidding war. These like one of these famous Sundance bidding wars, and it oh, nearly wow. broke. The record was set by Little Miss Sunshine, and it nearly Gross. broke that. It yeah. sold for. Got the numbers here. It sold for ten and a half million dollars. It was made for nine million dollars, was the production budget. But it, very famously, when they released it, they were trying to go for like the big comedy release, and it tanked and only made like four point nine million dollars. It it's a really big flop. <laughs> um, I don't even think it got cinema release here. I found
2: it. Oh, uh, we. I I know because I was following it before it came out. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and I don't even think it got a very late DVD release. Very very well. late. Here,
1: I think I came across it. It was at the video store up the road. A lot of these ones I've come across the video stores. It's just Rest in peace. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I swear, like
2: no future generations will understand what it's well, like it to smell the it video store, the, uh, yeah. the frill I of walking in. All these
1: movies that get lost and go completely under the radar because now you, there's no way to. Accidentally it's going to be so much harder something. to like yeah mm. it is um but you know so this movie I mean Steve Coogan does such a good job there's this great it's this the musical he makes it's like Hamlet comes is brought back to life by jesus and there's this is this absurd there's a musical number called rock me sexy jesus <laughs> yes and there is. it is so funny and it, it's so underrated that's one i like i love to show my, my sort of more literary friends because it's such a like a bastardization of i'm a huge shakespeare fan and it's such a it's such a hilarious bastardization of it um it what have we got uh you know, Rock Musical. It's 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 a pretty risky movie. So, like, don't go into it thinking it's, it'll be this sort of light teen comedy because it's not. There's a lot of lot of language, and you know, you see Steve Coogan's junk at one part, but it is like very funny and very underrated. <laughs> so, your your next film? <laughs> oh,
0: next again? Oh, the finger point. Um, yeah, so I, want, my...
2: I want to point out. I don't think anyone at home can see your finger point. No, <laughs> I,
0: I'm pointing at Josh. Gesture. <laughs> um, so, my next pick is um, Sing Street. 2016 film. Love it. Which I feel is also, once again, criminally underrated and it hurts me and I feel personally victimised that no one's seen this movie. Um, We all do. We all do. So I feel like my picks kind of have a theme where they're like more modern picks to like kind of the last few years and kind of gone under the radar. I think think what happened with Sing Street is
1: because it came out the same year as La La Land and because Sing Street is a musical too when Lala, and like everyone was like La La Land the music. I and I was one of those people that was like La La Land is the greatest yeah, it was, it was, It's
0: all like, your evil. fault It is
1: all my fault yeah.
0: <laughs> um, So yeah it premiered at uh, Sundance this is a musical coming of age um, comedy drama uh, directed by John Carney who's an Irish filmmaker and all stars all these brilliant people m-
1: he did that movie. So the, oh, just before we recorded the podcast, I was talking about Begin Again and Once. They're both directed by John Carney as well. Ah, you watch oh,
0: cool. if you like, if you like Sing Street, that stuff awesome. is easily in the same. Um, and he was also a musician in like the eighties or nineties, and like he was a bassist. Oh a man, kind of, it I shows that it informs his musical taste and how he edits music into his films. Yeah. Um So yeah, there's a bunch of um, Irish people. It's like uh, main characters like Ferdia, uh, Walsh Peeler. I don't know if you recognise. Oh, all, all brilliant acting, Lucy Boynton. Yeah, once again, I pick
2: movies with hard I mean, names and pronounce. No one really
1: famous. Oh, the dad's the dad's Littlefinger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Littlefinger from Sons
0: of Go- <laughs> Uh
2: Isn't the um uh, the brother also famous? Because I know he's an American mm. actor, and I can only tell because he was holy, American. Sh- How could you not tell? Jesus every like second word i'm like man that's not really american what why does this irish guy I have such a shit accent yeah, I don't. and then i looked no, it no. up i'm like oh it's because he's american makes sense now even chanel could tell
1: <laughs> oh okay i'm normally really good with accents not i guess today, it must friend. be the irish
0: something i have something against the irish yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably this, um yeah it's about um basically simple story again a boy starting a band to impress a girl in 1980s at dublin so it's, it's very sweet it's very kind of relatable i guess we were trying to impress somebody to get
1: Yeah, then it was a, it was a very like I went in expecting like a fun, like silly movie and it just hit the feels big time. It really does like, oh!
0: and like like almost instantly. Like I was kinda of, like kind of swept away by like the kind of like the magic of like being a young person Going through the the crisis that he does, and like like him trying to express himself, so it's kind of also about like creativity and expression. Yeah, and it's like really trying to find your voice. So and they go through all the different musical styles, and they go like, oh, oh, and then filming love music that. videos like. Honestly, once you like watch this and like their first music video is hilarious, like knowing yeah. like this, the cameraman's also the producer and hands out business cards and it's just like oh, very <laughs> funny. And he's like, I'm trying to get these angles. And he's moving around. Oh, I love it. it. I was blown away that it's like
1: a number sort of two thirds of the way in that they do in the dance hall when they're trying to do a music <gasps> That number. is the best. And they cut to sort of
0: a more fantasy sequence. It blew That me is my away. favorite song. I have it on my phone. Yeah. Drive it like you stole it. Yeah. yeah I love like it so much. It. Oh, so good. Uh, so yeah, just premiered at Sundance. uh it's Consistently got good reviews. I think it's like ninety six percent on like Rotten Tomatoes. If you guys really followed, oh it. really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! It's like, yeah, crazy. Um, and but nobody saw it, and that's really sad. Well, I don't like. think
1: it got a. It, I don't think it got a. It got a very very limited release. I guess. I, I guess think one about, that was playing. It.
0: Um, I guess I'm talking about more internationally. I don't think it, like a lot of people saw it in America. I guess like outside
2: specialized audiences and like mm-hmm. critics.
0: And stuff. But, and here I don't know, don't know the context. No one of watches it. anything here. Yeah, <laughs> but it
2: so. is released on Stan at the moment. Yes, so yes.
1: yeah, it's on Stan. We, we we're not we we're not getting money from Stan, but we can. And we keep we? mentioning <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah, Stan, if you're listening, is there a guy named Stan who runs it? Like
2: we're, Stan, I'm hoping, if you're hello, so, listening,
1: s- hello Stan.
0: If
2: you're listening, we, Stan. we'd
1: love a sponsor. <laughs> I feel
2: like they're like, uh, we need to make like, because we got to be Aussie and we got to really oh. go against Netflix. Then why is it, it like American or demo. Like oh, why is it nah, stand, bro. It's
1: such a an, it bro, like an it's It's all about that name. presto. We've got to get that presto. presto. Oh, <laughs> Which no longer exists.
2: <laughs> um, oh wow, yeah. It's I paid now, for presto. So yeah. that's I it. why I have Foxtel now. I've been trying to figure out why I haven't a subscription to Foxtel. I don't know when I signed <laughs> up. It's because I had a subscription to Presto. It would have transferred all right, So in. that was an yes, interesting uh, sidebar. So getting back to Sing sorry, Street yeah.
0: guys. Um, <laughs> Um I recommend it because it's very fun. Um it's very relatable. And also if you don't really like musicals too much but you want to kinda of get it's like an easy nut to crack into, like it's like it's, it's very... a gateway drug into music. It's basically like that and Tenacious D. Like that <laughs> movie. <laughs> Destiny. Like, just, just yeah, uh, uh, Destiny. Just like watch those two if you don't like musicals but you like music, so I recommend
2: that. Um yeah, well, Chanster. Alrighty. Finger so, point finger point double finger me. point oh. and then waving fingers. Yeah, yeah wiggles. Wiggles. All right, so um, my next one, oh, man, this took a really weird uh, track to find this movie for one. Um, So I'll get into that in the the next segment where we talk about like, uh, what do you call, Uh, what's that word? This is what happens. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, yeah, (laughs) because there was an honorable mention which I found on IMDb uh, because it has the longest title in the world for a movie. And then in the things like, oh, movies like this, there was this obscure little Australian film called Hercules Returns. Oh,
1: You've her- told me to watch this so many times. And you still haven't. I still have not. I've, <laughs> I've got it on
2: DVD. Haven't Come seen it over. World. Now I'm going to tell you the description, uh, what the IMDb lists as the plot synopsis. It is, when Brad quits his job at a large cinema chain to open his own picture theater, his ex-boss sabotages the opening night by switching the Italian film with a non-subtitled version. Brad and his team hilariously improvise the dialogue to avert disaster.
1: That doesn't None sound of like that, that,
2: none of that is important. It is literally like 10 minutes of setup and the rest of the movie is just them playing a Hercules movie that is an Italian, and they're just dubbing the whole thing. <laughs> the whole movie is just... It, it takes the idea of a parody to the nth degree, where it's literally just them dubbing the film. And every now and then it'll cut into the oh cinema, and it'll like, cut up to the main story, but no one cares about that. What you care about is the dubbing, and it is fantastic. I need to watch fantastic. This. Yes, you do. Okay. I've got it on DVD. Come on over. After this, we all go back to my place. We watch Hercules Returns. It'll be great. Uh, it is a very rare film to find. Uh, I went to several different like video rental places trying to find it because I found out about it when I was fifteen. I didn't get to see it until I was nineteen, and it was heartbreaking. I went to DVD King, uh, which is now upstairs the thing. I got it. Uh, yep. pr- I got it delivered oh because they they had to specially order it in. Uh, I also got Peter Jackson's uh, Meet the Feebles oh, and Dead oh, at right. the same time. Hello. I uh, got all of them in, uh, and it was the only place that I could find that actually ordered it in, and, oh, it was worth the five-year wait. It oh is absolutely ridiculous. It is endlessly quotable, um, and it's just fucking weird. Get in it. I love it. Um, okay,
1: that is on my list. That, I, I feel like you've explained it, but not, like, to that
0: degree to me before. <laughs> that is That sounds amazing. So that's, that's almost like Mystery Science Theater, in a
2: sense. Oh, kind of, but Where? Mystery Science Theater theatre they're kind of like making fun of what happens yeah. on the screen whereas they like create so you can put a completely in, different it. story. Is it like
1: Kung Pao into the... It,
2: it, it, well Kung Pao was also shot to be like that. It wasn't like just a dubbing of a ridiculous but thing. Like it's it's the it, same kind
1: of idea where they've dubbed this whole other story over yeah. the top
2: of something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Well I, I'll do uh, my final pick for uh, greatest movies you've never seen. It's a little, it's an Australian film as well. It's called Razzle Dazzle, A Journey into Dance. Uh, which sounds like a bad title, but this movie is (laughs) hilarious. I Like, you normally hear the word Australian film and your reaction's like, ugh, not with this one. It's really good. It's like a mockumentary, and it's kind of in the style of those Christopher Guest ones, like Best in Show and um, Mascots and and that kind of a thing. So I'll read the synopsis out for you. I just
2: took photos of the backs of
1: the DVDs to read this out because I'm really bad at explaining stuff.
2: I'm like it as we speak. Oh, right.
1: (laughs) Uh, So it's a spectacular comedy. Uh, that lifts the curtain on the world of children's competitive dance. The film follows the eager members of Mr. Jonathan's Dance Academy who, with their unique dance routines, compete for grand final success at Australia's most prestigious competition. Amidst parental politics, petty rivalry, creative controversy and the hysterics of pushy stage mothers, this film takes you behind the glamour and the glitter to a world where sometimes winning is everything. Um, so I said like the movie's in this mockumentary star and it's just that they have these really great Australian character actors like Kerry Armstrong. Um, what's really funny is, so confession time, I was once involved in the world of dance a very long time ago back in... When I was like 14 or 15, and the movie came out around then, I actually got to see this on the cinemas, which is like
2: impossible. Tell me the movie is the reason why you quit the world of dance. <laughs> the,
1: the movie very clearly illustrates why, because the movie is so accurate. And what was really funny is because I saw the movie and I laughed because I, all these characters, like it's like uh, there's some ridiculous things that happen, but I swear to God, everything has happened in real life that happens in this movie. Mm. And what's funny is that all there was like, like I knew a lot of the stage mums and they watched this movie and like I hate this movie it's so unrealistic it's ridiculous and they're the they're exact confronted. people that the movie is making fun of because they're confronted by it they're confronted yeah. by it yeah. yeah and it was really fascinating it's so this movie and this movie has like I love quotable movies like Get Over It and Hamlet 2 has a couple um, good quotes too but Razzle Dazzle's great and no one kind of knows about it because it's this I mean it's an Australian film that's not sort of a movie about people in houses being sad So obviously it got no (laughs) distribution in Australia. No one, like, Australia make a movie that's funny. Like, no, you know, we don't want that. Um, But I think it got into, like, it got into the Berlin Film Festival, I think is one of the weird bits of trivia about it. But yeah, it's it's one of the very few. It's probably one of my favorite Australian films of all time. I think behind Predestination, I think it's sort of Mm. my number one. But this is up there in like easily like in the top five. It's really funny, and I cannot recommend it enough. Normally, it's like it's sort of the perfect antidote to that, oh like that opinion of Australian films being bad. It's like no, no, we we have the talent to do really really good stuff. But, so yeah, I highly recommend
0: that one. So Josh, nice. your third film. Yes, we'll that point. Uh, Creep, uh, 2014 film, found footage, horror, uh, kind of more thriller though, um, directed by Patrick Bryce. And oh, I thought it was directed by the Duplass guy. No, no, mm. no it's, um, he just, uh, I, I think he co-wrote it with
1: Patrick. I've been meaning to watch it for the longest time, mm. but I have never got around to it
0: yet. Um, so basically, I'll read the synopsis again. Um, the film follows Aaron, portrayed by Bryce himself, a videographer who answers crypt- a cryptic, Craigslist ad created by Joseph, portrayed by Duplass, and as they get closer together, he discovers that his client is not who he was expecting. So basically, the idea they had around this film was it's like it's basically built upon their loose improv and like loose script. So they kind of like had this idea, and they keep forming and they keep changing it, and they just decided to go out into a cabin that is owned by Mark Duplass, and that it's like let's just make this movie like on a micro budget like crazy found footage and the really f- weird thing about it like it's kind of has this almost like auto vo- voice because the fact that um, Patrick Bryce is also the main character and he's kind of pl- portraying a videographer
1: so it's Does it have of- a good reason for him to keep recording? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I That's f- always the problem with because, found footage.
0: Because he's a videographer and like he's kind of got this like auto voice. He's kind of always trying to capture a moment or waiting. He's he's like mentioned the film was like, oh just waiting on the birds or waiting on like this and this. Like it's it's very That's interesting. It. There's a reason he has the camera with him. There's a reason why he wants to keep documenting him because it's almost kind of like for his own safety. Um and the film's weird man. Like it explores like kind of weird manly relationships. So like kind of like <laughs> yeah it makes uh, it's kind of confronting if you're very uptight about like how You are with your male friends, or whatever, if you're like very conservative and like I find it very the, amusing. The, the, what is it, the bromances. yeah, the bromance, yeah, broing
2: out, yeah, touching dicks, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: there's um, basically, I won't spoil it, but there's a scene called Tubby Time. I'll just let you Whoa, deal Oh, with my that. god, <laughs> okay, um, I'm sold. Yeah, get me this movie
2: and get me it now, okay, it's on Netflix. Yes, yeah, so it is on Netflix,
0: and uh, reason I'm kind of also talking about this because I want to the sequel's coming out. Um, in December, I believe on Netflix. Uh, yeah. And does it, it is it, does the
1: like not to spoil it, but does the end let there plausibly be a sequel?
0: Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, and there's a reason like, for a sequel, and also the sequel they don't try and make it a big budget. They keep the same budget and they just keep the same ideals and values that they took <laughs> into the first one. So it's sort of, they're expanding upon the characters in the, in the world and like, but they're keeping the, like, it's still small scale and, like, very personal still story. Um And, yeah, they took it to Jason Blum who was, like... He's, like, the best produ- He's the smartest producer in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah, and they took it to him before it was kind of what it was like with the ending and, like, the thriller aspects of it. They took it to, it was more like, this is the weird, like, bromance type thing that it was and, like, kind of Hence the title creep. And he's just like, okay. He's like he's like it's very good. It's like it's the first found footage movie I've seen, like, ever, basically, that has plausible reason for the camera to be on and has interesting investing characters. Like he's okay. like he's like, I've never felt seen that before. And he's just like giving them ideas to make turn it to what it was. And I believe it's fucking awesome. It it's, came out of left field for me. I just I was like, I saw it on Netflix, I'm like, oh what is this? I'm like, oh it's found footage, like I don't know. But then It just pulled me in and I was going to pull everyone else in. I remember
1: I came across the trailer randomly. It was like one of those like where it auto plays the next thing. It was the trailer. I watched the trailer. I'm like, this looks bizarre but kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, made on the micro-budget level. So micro-budget. Micro-budget, like us. Yes. Yay. This is basically them playing with a camera in the woods, and they're like, this doesn't work, let's just do it this way. And they're like, think of an idea on the spot, and then they just just film it, which I think we can all relate to. That's awesome. Yes, 100 So what
2: you're saying is that all of our films should be found footage. Excellent. <laughs> yes.
0: Like they tried to make the Friday the 13th movie that was coming They've out they tried to make that a dozen times yeah. as found footage yeah. wait
1: really yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a there's a filmmaker Adam Green who did like a uh, Hatchet and Frozen, yeah, Frozen. Yeah. And, and not he, the Disney one not the <laughs> Disney one he was approached to do Friday the 13th as a found footage and he said no I don't want to do it they, they cuz that was when found was when Paranormal Activity came out Everything was found footage. Yeah, everyone yeah, wanted I to do remember. it. We had like a t- project almanac, that time travel one. I, I still oh, I haven't yeah. watched it's it. Produced because... by Michael Bay, like that. It's ah. not that bad.
2: It's just not very notable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like fine. Anyway, chance to your film.
2: Uh, so you, for one, Shane, already know what it's going to be. This is a movie I've been. Oh, you did finally watch it though, right? Which one? Caffeine. Oh yes. Yeah, you know yeah, you lent it to me. Yes. Yeah. No. So the movie's Caffeine came out in two thousand and six. It uh, it was one of those impulse buys at a video store closing down. This random It was this random pink uh, DVD case, and the front cover had, uh, is it Mina Savari? I think so. Mina Savari from uh, American Beauty. It had Breck and Meyer, and I was like, all right, I'll buy it. It was like $2, best $2 I ever spent. It, it, all the, the car, so it's a... Oh man, I don't. Is it a British film? I feel like it's a British film. It's a British
1: film. film. It's one of those like multi plot ones. Yes,
2: so it's a British film starring almost entirely American actors, and uh, 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 all—not except for Catherine Heigl's in it randomly. Well, slow down. I'm getting there. (laughs) Because it's filled with a bunch of faces, you know, but not necessarily names, you know. Like, Andrew Lee Potts has been in, like, the backgrounds of loads of films. Uh, The the quote-unquote main character played by Marsha Thomason, you don't know that name, but she was in Lost. She was in a lot of stuff. Same with uh, Mark Pellegrino. He was in the background of, like, I saw this guy. I was like, why do I know that guy? It's because he's in Hannibal Rising. It's because he's in this. It's because he's in that. It's <laughs> one of those movies Hannibal. that you go, I know that
1: person, and then you look them up to find out what you know them from, and yeah. it's like every yeah. character Apparently. is that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like,
2: oh, it's everyone. And, yeah, for some reason, Catherine Heigl playing a Brit. It's they're, they're, mm. Other than Breck and Meyer, everyone's playing a British character, but none of the actors are British for some reason. But it works. It, it, it's amazing. They're... There is a plot summary on IMDb, but I'm not going to bother with it because it's a multi-plot thing where it's just a day in a coffee shop and stuff is happening and stuff is happening over here. There's all these little stories and they all end up like overlapping or intertwining mm. in little funny ways. But what really made this movie stand out to me was A, it was hilarious and, and, and the uh, the dialogue really brought me in on it. And then I looked up who wrote it and it's this guy called Dean Craig. And Dean Craig happens to be one of my favorite um, uh, script writers. I just never knew. He was the guy who wrote Death at a Funeral. He wrote The British the, one. Uh, he wrote both. Oh, he wrote both. Though one? I found no. the script for the American one and it's like written by Dean Craig. And down the bottom it was like with extra stuff by Martin Lawrence and Chris so Rock. Rewritten like, by... Yeah, yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Uh, they just grabbed his script and went, all right, let's... Put this on there. Um, so yeah, he wrote that. They wrote um, a few best men, which was directed by Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That was an Australian film.
0: They did a sequel.
2: Uh, yeah, they did a sequel that just came out on DVD yeah. now. And just last year, he wrote a film called The Moonwalkers, which <gasps> this is that one. Yes, yes. where uh, where a stoner impersonates Stanley Kubrick, and an FBI agent what? has to get him to fake the moon landing. What? It's amazing. Is it Rupert Grint in it? Is isn't yes, it? yes, Rupert Grint, what Ron the? Perlman. Oh. it is. You've never fantastic. heard of this one? No, 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 no not at all. At all. this is like a live yeah. reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> See, I, I was gonna bring that one up, but that's that's only been in my life for one year. Whereas caffeine, no one's ever seen, no one's ever heard of. And like I push it on everyone I know. I'm like, it's oh, a good hey, little movie. Yeah, it, it's just. No, and, and Dean Craig has gone on to write all because this was his first film he ever wrote. He wrote for TV before that, but this was only a film thing. And from there, he's just made all these fantastic movies that I love. And yeah, I guess I'll add Moonwalkers on the end there. Watch Moonwalkers, guys. It's also <laughs> good.
1: Well, that that segues into our honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. My um, first
2: honorable mention. Moon- with, uh, uh,
1: Moonwalkers. We, 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 um, uh, so like I. I think, well, I mean, we've listed a lot of movies, but there's a couple of shows that I think have flown under the radar too. There's this show called Enlisted that I keep trying to tell everyone because it lasted like one season, which is really tragic, but it's like this military sitcom, and that sounds like a really tacky, bad idea, except they do it with so much heart. It kind of like, it has lots of flavour of like season one to three of Community. It's really heartfelt and genuinely hilarious at the same time. Um, Also, there's a movie, uh, Arabian Nights, Which Which I have seen and that
2: was an impulse buy at a DVD store that was It's literally like a
1: telly movie and it just accounts like that 1001 Nights and it's got like John Leguizamo as a genie. It's really bizarre but it's actually really good. I remember taping it on TV. (laughs) It was played on TV and I just watched it over and over and over and over again because actually it was like one of the best adaptations of the Arabian Nights entertainment. Um, There's a movie called Fly Paper, which I just lent to Josh to watch, which is this bizarre, it's like a, Heist movie that then turns into an Agatha Christie style Who? Clue, <laughs> yeah. It, it then turns into Clue. Well, Clues on my list as well because yeah. no one knows the movie
0: Clue. It, really, it
1: has multiple endings as well. No. Yes, it's funny. so good. Tim Curry is, is the butler. Oh, it's Tim just hilarious. I love
2: that when you play the DVD Clue, it gives you the option to have a random ending or have all the endings. That's just brilliant. I like it, but only one of the endings really works on that one.
1: Yeah, but you know, Flypaper is like this heist movie turns into a Who Done It where like, and it stars Patrick Dempsey. And it's got like Octavia Spencer in a bit part and Patrick Dempsey <laughs> like becomes like the detective halfway through the neurotic weird detective with like the tics and the really cool brain. And then it morphs back into a heist movie. It's really good. It's written by the guys who wrote like The Hangover and Four Holidays, Four Christmases as it's known everywhere else. Um, and I've got a, uh, a little sci-fi movie called Coherence. Cool. Which is they filmed it on like No Money in the director's house. The only famous person in it is Brendan... the guy from Buffy who's been arrested for like a DUI a bunch of times. (laughs) He's Xander from Buffy. I'm sure that's what he wants to be known about. Nicholas. (laughs) Nicholas Brendan. uh, That's his name. And he, and it's this sci-fi movie about a bunch of people just having a dinner party and then there's this weird like cosmological event that then like splits the dimensions and it's the most mind fuck of a story. It's, phenomenal it's just shot really badly they shot it like five d's and it looks like ass but it's a, the story is so clever it's worth checking out it's called coherence so that's cool. sort of my list of honorable mentions nice
2: go to josh josh Josh. josh i will go keep on the pattern this. going
0: ah uh, looking up a movie okay um so uh if i can list off the top of my head uh frozen by adam green that I'm trying to <laughs> touch on before. sorry i'm back
2: yeah uh, that it's was a good love. It's, it's, yeah.
0: it's That's the one where the, the three people are caught
1: on It's not yeah. the Disney movie. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not the... It's the one where the three people are caught on a snow lift
0: yes. for the whole movie. And then there's Wolfs. And I feel like it's a, it's kind of a disposable movie, Um, but I, I reckon it's, it's, it's fun. A fun it's, it's a fun it's little fun, one. It's a fun little disposable movie. Um, a movie that I just remembered. Uh, I was just looking up, so please forgive me. But, um, called the invitation that's on Netflix. The what? Oh, the In- invitation. invitation. Oh. Karen Kusama directed. Yes, thank you. Yes, so she want directed. To
1: that. She's a very famous director. She directed uh, uh, Aeon Flux, but she had studio interference. So right. She got, yeah. She got. Um, she got the bad end of the stick. She's a really good director.
0: So yeah, it's kind of like I read a synopsis. Like like while attending a dinner party, a former ho- like at his former house, a man starts to beha- believe that his ex wife and a new husband have sinister plans for the guests. So. Basically it's it's kind of like it's like, it, it's like this weird like personal like it's like a kitchen sink
1: drama turned into like a cult horror movie. Col- yeah, I guess. It's sweet. really clever. It twists really interestingly. Mm, yeah, has a great yeah, ending yeah. to it. Yeah.
0: Um, and I guess just cuz I ch- kind of champion Max Landers, kind of American ultra. I kind American, of, yeah, also got screwed over by its marketing yeah, cuz the they, ma- they marketed
1: it, it like a Stoner comedy and it's like a it small meant to town be, drama. It was meant yeah.
0: to be well, it's meant to be like like a small town kind of like action thriller and they're like, oh, it's a stoner comedy because... Because there are stoners in it. Yeah, and they're like, why did you have Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart? And he's like, because they're fucking good in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah,
2: and that's probably it for me. What about you, Taylor? <laughs> okay, well, I'll start with Moonwalkers, written by Dean Craig, fantastic movie, starring Ron Perlman and Rupert Grint. Um, then I'll, I'm going to plug uh, both Australians and The Killage. Ooh. Uh, they are Brisbane. Uh, uh, they are Brisbane-made feature films. They are hilarious. They're brilliant. Um, Full disclosure: uh, We know the people who made them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna do. Hi, Rita and Joe. To be fair, I, I didn't know about it. Uh, I didn't know them until after I watched them. Same. Oh, no, I guess I met Rina.
1: You, you knew them before you watched The Australians, but you'd seen The Killage before, hadn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I met them at their Gold Coast premiere
1: of The Killage. Oh, really? Wow, you've known them for a while. I've known them for a while. I just got wow. the message the other day, I've known them for like six years. But so The Killage oh, is like this, it's like they, they make these really great, like old school classic parody movies. The Killage yep. is like the cabin in the woods, a bunch of people killed off one by one. Yeah. Uh it's really they have some really great gags in there. Uh, well.
2: I think that's what that's where Joe really excels, it's just those gags. They they punch and they punch the hard. Shadow across the doorway one in the kitchen. Oh, oh, that's yeah, so, so good. I lost my shit. The Tum bitch.
1: The, tongue, like the yep. Kissing. Yeah. Uh, Australians is about Australians it's uh, we should clarify it's alien the aliens oh, yeah. part is spelt like UFO aliens, not so Australian. Australians. Australian. And it's basically a bunch of aliens attack Australia and it's hilarious.
2: Yeah, and the reason they attack Australia is hilarious. Oh, it's, it's so good. Um yeah, uh just want to plug in, because that, that's fantastic movies. and Both available also, on DVD. Yes. Also, the plug, uh, their web series. Uh, the, no, I haven't seen it. It's not coming out it yet. They they, well, they're, <laughs> we're, they're we're in older the version. web series, yeah. so it's, that uh, would be
1: like plugging our no, own sorry, stuff. No,
2: sorry, you guys were in the web series. I wasn't able to make it, so I'm not plugging nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, The other one, oh, there was another one. Oh, well, I'm going to go into this one. So this is the reason I know about Hercules Returns. Uh, In my teen years, I like to get weird on IMDb where I found this movie. It's got the longest movie in the world at the time. Sorry, the longest movie title in the world at the time. It was called Night of the Day of the Dawn of the Sun of the Bride of the Return of the Revenge of the Terror of the Attack of the Evil Mutant Alien Flesh-Eating, Hellbound, Crawling, Zombified, Living Dead Part 2 in Shocking 2D. (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> now i
1: remember you telling me about this one in high school yeah
2: oh yeah so i so to get that movie at the time you, you had to it? like no uh i wasn't good i wasn't good enough because so you had to get like a pirated uh uh vhs from them that they sent out to you the um, actual company okay. who
1: made the movie yes
2: uh, so it's very much like so Neil like Breen. Neil Breen, yeah. Um, but what the movie is, the movie is literally Night of the Living Dead completely dubbed over. And that's the entire movie. At the time when I got it, I ended up getting it from LimeWire. Whoa, oh my remember LimeWire? Those were the days. So, yeah, I had to get that movie online. Now you can find it on YouTube. Uh, and I watched it last night, and that's why it's in the Honourable Mentions, because it does not live up oh, to fourteen-year-old no, me. That's Title sh- does, but yeah, no, it is. It is really, really bad. There are a few jokes where I was like, huh, "That was good," but then the rest of it was like, "Oh, sounds like Ugh. a team four star like thing." What they do with like anime and everything? Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that was part of my honorable mentions because look it up; it's on YouTube. But. Uh, just to lower your expectations, because oh. I had high expectations. I was like, "Man, I remember so last like a so hard." This, mention I guess there? so. Yeah, mm-hmm. not oh. enough people know about it, and they still shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so
1: those are our our greatest you've never heard of movies. Definitely check them out. Uh, what we're going to move on to now, we're going to end up every episode with a top five list. I know this episode seems very list heavy. It's very it's full of listicles, but. Um, We'll everyone loves five. a list.
2: If you have a list in the know, title, right? everyone will watch it.
1: It's, it's all the clickbait. The clickbait. Yeah. What the nine
2: doing, movies yeah. you've never heard of, plus a top five at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the top five will do. We'll relate it to the topic. So, but like for this one, we'll do. You know, this is the best you've never heard of. So, our top five will. Uh, contra- con in contrast, it would be the top five from the biggest box office smash hits of all time. So, yeah. well we went, I sent out a list: top fifty. Movies that have made like a jazillions of dollars. Yep. And picking like up top the top five 250 here and they're like listening to Yeah. Well, big. I said to take it from the top 50 because yeah. I'm like, I knew was like top 20 and then I'm like, it's pretty much all Marvel movies and Harry Potter. I it's still, it, it still is. Like, yeah. it? It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still is. You extend it. I realized I looked at the list and like, this is a list that has Ice Age, Continental Drift. Yeah.
2: Question. On it. Question. Which what? is my number one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no.
0: Question. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is that one film or three films? I've
1: got it on my list as. As as I I well I picked one but then I I my it's it's the, the trilogy is on the list so I'll will list my top five right. and I won't go into like too much today. so my number five is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix I think it's the best one of the series uh, number four is I've got Return of the King but Lord of the Rings in general my actual I think the best one is the Two Towers yeah but Return of the King kind of it was what it what it meant for cinema as far as like no one's done a mo- series like that since. Um, number three is Titanic, which I oh, think it's... is a great film. A lot of people hate on it now because it's, oh, it's Titanic. but Retroactive hate, like with Avatar, but Avatar's kind of warranted. Avatar's yeah, nothing. It's
2: weird because like, I hear a lot of the same stuff about Avatar that I hear about Titanic, but I still legitimately like Titanic. Titanic yeah, is a so, better movie, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. It's just a much better story. But,
1: um, and then my number two is Jurassic Park. Nice, Steven Spielberg. I mean, that's just one of the great action, big budget movies of all time. And then my number one is The Dark Knight. I feel like that doesn't need any explanation at this point. You either like it
2: or you don't, and if you don't, you're wrong. Now it's going to say people (laughs) don't like it. What's wrong with them? It's
1: it's that it's it's the contrarian thing. They just they don't want to like it because everyone else
2: likes it. Fair enough. So what about you? Go to Josh. Okay, Josh. We'll go to Josh. (laughs) (laughs) trying <laughs> <really> feel upset then <laughs> it's like you, like I was we started off introducing this way and then you decided to go yeah. to Josh first now I'm like you know what I'm Changed always gonna be last order. fuck you <laughs> <laughs> alright well I'm gonna go for my number
0: one is Jurassic Park I believe it's a classic really dear to my heart I always remember rewatching it and rewinding recording it after the the TV. the TV. Yeah, and um, did you ever
1: pause it to get rid of the ads and so there'd be these weird gaps? No, I wasn't as smart. I was just like,
0: I was fast forward for the ads, but a lot of the ads were like, at the time were like Bionicle ads and I was invested in those. So uh-huh. I was like, yeah, that's
2: understandable. They um, had great stories. <laughs> the Mask of Light, man. The oh, Mask of the Light mask is amazing. Of light. And The Mask of Light is our final movie that you haven't heard yeah, of. Yeah, we haven't heard of
0: <laughs> It's a Lego movie and it was a Lego movie before More the LEGO, LEGO, Lego movie. Dude, they surf on lava. Come on. <laughs> That movie was boss. Um, I guess my second is The Lord of the Rings trilogy because Great. what I'm doing is one massive epic movie. Thank you, Peter Jackson. I love you. Um, though if I had to really pick, it would be Two Towers first, and then Fellowship, and then Return. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because I really like Fellowship. Everyone's like, we can, you can skip that one. i was like, no.
2: You can't skip Fellowship. Then it it you wouldn't know what's time. going it on. It set the time. Yeah.
0: Um, I guess my third one... I'm kind of like, because I was going through this list and I was like, oh, same, same shit. So, um, but I will put uh, The Dark Knight once again. No, Very nice. No explanation. Uh, four for Skyfall, because I reckon oh, that. So good. Um, so good. I do like Casino Royale better, but. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, but Skyfall was kind of like, more like Spectre kind of went like like retraded back the world what they wanted to Bond to be, but I was like Skyfall kind of like perfectly. Had Skyfall had a
2: nice balance of new and old, mm. whereas Spectre can suck a dick. <laughs> yeah,
1: Spectre was a tentacle porn. Just yeah. Ten, no. yeah, that was
2: the best part of the movie. I was like, Yay, tentacle porn! This is something different. Tentacle than everything porn. else, it I was tentacle
1: porn and Sam Smith. Oh, good point. That's not so a good it combo. just it, it, it negates it.
0: Yeah, um, and then and then again, I guess five like with a list with like Finding Nemo and Titanic and, all, and I'm just gonna put Iron Man three because
1: Oh, is Iron man- oh f- yeah, Iron
0: Man three. Because yeah. fuck fuck your Iron Man three. Shame, black man. Come on, yeah. I like that twist. Um. The movie shouldn't be the same as I the comic books. I still think it's so. the best Marvel movie yeah, 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 so like yeah. ever made.
2: Yeah, I see. As far as like standalone, I think Iron Man 3 is the best. It, it stands by itself. It's a movie. It's not a the setup un- for a the bunch un- of The unfortunate
0: things. thing is because Kevin Feige and like, whatever, they yeah. treat it as a television series, as a machine, as a universe. Everything... Following after Iron Man Three, kind of like Ignores negates it. Negates oh, is God like damn. I'm giving up being Iron Man. There's like nope, not anymore.
2: Yeah, er- everyone like complains about Iron Man Three because they're like, oh, he gave it up at the end. But Avenge of Age of Ultron, he's back in it. That's Ultron's fault. Okay, yeah, that is not actually, Iron Man Three yeah, fault. Exactly. Iron Man Three, he had a fucking arc. He was a character, and he fucking they could have done
0: that. They could have easily fixed for that. It was because he had the same ideas. He wanted to protect the world still, but he should have not been Iron Man. But he still wanted to protect the world. That's yeah. why he made Ultron. That's why.
2: That's why he made Ultron. So, that's why he to, had drones. So, they so, they set up, why Iron Man? Take
0: him out of the opening okay. sequence and everything. Yeah, you yeah. to your top five. All yeah. right,
2: so my number five was Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. uh, awesome. for reasons that I've already explained. Uh, number four. Is gonna be Star Wars The Force Awakens because Mm. fuck y'all, I love that.
1: It was, no, it was good. I I love that movie. We all
2: agree. We all agree that it was good, but I.
0: This fuck you right here. Yeah, I I just like
2: saying fuck you to you guys. (laughs) Um, Number three is gonna have to go to The Lion King. I yeah. just love the Lion King. Yeah, that, I, I honestly did not realize it was in the top is 50. That on the top fifty. Oh, it, it 50? is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Everyone
1: loves the Lion King. I was, I was on Aladdin. Man, like, no, I nah. agree.
2: Aladdin yeah. is better, yeah. but Aladdin's not on the top fifty.
0: Hey, they had a Lion King slash Lion King two. Like two, like Lion King on two is good.
2: <laughs> Lion King two was Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: should do, we should. Yeah, it was. We should yeah. do a whole.
1: Like, is, does that mean Lion King three was one of the other? Uh, it was Lion Rosen, King three. It was like, Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern is dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's to moon and Pumbaa. We should do a whole yeah. episode on just the Disney sequels. Like, just the Disney the, sequels. This is not the, the theatrical video Number one talks yeah. about the main ones. Let's talk about the director video yep. Disney sequels. Um, is um,
2: that, is that, no, is, number two is uh, Titanic. Because yeah. I love it. I cry Jimmy, every time. As soon as, as soon as the music starts, like, I start tearing up and I don't know yeah. why it's well, It's one of the very
1: few movies that is worth the running time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, and number one is Zootopia. I don't know what really? it is about yeah. that movie. I just really? love it.
0: I, yeah, I no. liked it, but God. It, was, it did not connect I, at all for me. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, oh, well, it.
1: get out, Chanster. You're fired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to talk to you guys anymore. Oh, you okay. can have a new host next week.
1: So that's our top five. and We'll relate the top five to the topics or whatever we do next week. I think we're looking at some interesting topics over the next couple yeah. of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is it for our very first episode. Ahoy. We did it, guys. There's, we did there's, there's, it. We
2: did a lot it. Of, yeah. We fluffed we, we, about a we, whole we, bunch, we, but we got there. We yeah. did.
1: There's Zane, our producer, just shaking his head. He's just like, He's like oh. I'm going to cut
2: that and I'm going to cut that.
1: It's just like two seconds long. It's like, hi, 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 bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye (laughs) (laughs) Um, well thank you for listening if you have stuck around with us for this long uh, don't forget to subscribe and you can follow us on Facebook at at motion picture Picture ranges I think you can look it up there or just the mighty motion picture ranges yeah Uh, we're also on Twitter at at picture Picture ranges because Twitter does not give you enough characters for a username. Um, for <laughs> updates, in the future we'll probably have like some competitions or something. We'll try and hook up like free movie tickets and things. So stay tuned, we'll have news. And you can also just yell at us online. Uh, and tell us how wrong we are in our opinions. Yeah. You can tell us how Iron Man Three is not a good movie, but we will tell you how you're wrong. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we will be, fight that the death. Um, or, or, you can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail with questions or suggestions. We openly welcome some input. Ooh, we on have the an sh- email out of the show. We do have an email address. Uh, We do not have a secretary to answer it, so it'll just be one of us.
2: Most likely, Shane, because I'm pretty sure you're the only one who has a password right now. I gave you both the password. I don't read your messages.
1: (laughs) (sighs) And if you like this podcast, feel free to check out some of the other awesome shows at That's Not Canon Productions, including the movie review podcast, Second Take, uh, and for musical theatre nerds, there's Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. And they have some D&D podcasts such as Law and Disorder and Goodberry Smoothies and many more podcasts available at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Hashtag make my podcasts grow. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Josh and Chance for being on here. Thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank you, Shane. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Chance. Uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you to producer, producer Zane, and also thank you to Nathan Irwin who did our amazing intro music. Thanks yeah. for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're not going to see anyone. <laughs> the podcast. I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs>